want to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have uh, laid on my heart to share. He's already reported. All right, so um, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. The fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And uh, we're going to start reading verse 22. All right, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto who? As unto who? Y'all here? The Lord. Who? The Lord. Okay, let's <laughs> let's say it like we mean it. it says for the. <laughs> Y'all say, oh no, not again. <laughs> Who's not getting it? <laughs> If you just this verse here lets you know that there won't be an unsubmissive wife in heaven. She has to submit herself unto her husband as unto the Lord. In other words, the same way she claims that she's following God, she has to follow her husband that same way because the Lord is the one that leads her husband. Does everybody understand? So it, it is, there's no such thing as a woman following God with her whole heart and then not submitting to her husband. Because you're not following God with your whole heart if you're disobeying this word right here, what we read here. Everybody understand? I can prove to you, every woman that'll come to me and say, I'm, I'm submitted to the Lord and I'll, I'll follow God, but my husband, I, I don't know. No, you're not following God either. Not when his word says, submit yourself unto your husband just like you would the Lord. In other words, to you, he's God. Everybody understand? To you, he's God. He's your head. What did Sarah call her husband? And the Lord didn't rebuke her for it. You know why? Because that was her Lord. When God came to talk, he came to talk to Abraham. Everybody understand? I, I hope we don't miss heaven because of that feminine spirit. I hope we don't. Everybody understand? Now today we're not going to talk about that. What we're what we're speaking now. 
the Lord came to me one time in fire. And he was in a tree. And that tree was not consumed. And he told me to continue to preach perfection. Because that's the, that's the church that he's coming after. If you go to heaven, you're going to have to be perfect. Not like your brothers and sisters are perfect. Not like the preachers are perfect. But as your heavenly father is perfect. You're going to have to be perfect like God. That means you're going to have to surrender every area of your life to him for him to make you perfect. Everybody understand? That's, there is a such thing as being perfect. And you may look at somebody else, even the preacher, and say, well, Brother Bolden, I've seen some stuff in you that wasn't lining up. Did you? Or was it that you didn't like authority? Yeah, your, your issues will always find something. Everybody understand? That's your hang-up. But what did the word say? Everybody understand? I'm telling you, if you had been in that church that day when the Lord braided a whip together and whipped folks out of there, you'd have thought, you'd have thought he was crazy. No, you're not the son of God. You're not perfect. Everybody understand? That's from your own mindset. Everybody see? Let's look at his life. All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 23. For the husband is who? He's what? What is he? Now let's think about a natural head. What's inside of that head? That's probably the most important part of your body. Your brain. What does the brain do? It thinks. It reasons. It makes decisions. Does everybody understand? Your husband is who? The brain too. He makes the decisions. That's not talking about he's the eyeballs, he's the mouth, he's the nose, the ears. What's inside of that head? The part of you that makes decisions. For the husband is who? The head of what? She's the rest of the body. The head thinks it, the body carries it out. Everybody understand? Now, how many of you just naturally, so when your brain decides it wants coffee or something to drink or something to eat, the body just reacts to it like, nah, you, you know what? You always trying to run somebody. <laughs> Does everybody understand? What makes that brain decide I need to fix me something to eat? Because the stomach is sending signals. The body is sending signals. The stomach in and of itself might not know what it needs, but that brain can reason, okay, a signal done got up to me. We need some food in this body. And I'm going to tell you what, them, them, them arms, them legs might have been walking a lawnmower all day. But when that stomach say, 
hey, we empty and we're depleted of energy. That brain say, I don't care how tired you are, you get them, if you want to continue to survive and live, you fix you something to eat. And those legs that have been power walking in that yard all day, those arms that have been pushing that lawnmower, they're going to get up. They're going to do what that brain say do. You know why? Because it knows my brain, I got a brain for a reason. The stomach in and of itself can't reason. The arms can't reason. The legs can't reason. But the brain can. And the brain overrides how the body feels when it comes to survival. Does everybody see that? So what does that mean? That husband, he could see where his marriage is. He could see what's wrong even when the arms and legs don't. Does everybody understand? But the wife can say, well, I'm tired. I don't, I don't see it. it. But maybe it's not meant for you to see it, but it's meant for you to trust that brain. Does everybody understand? Why? Because the stomach can't reason. Legs can't reason. Arms can't reason. Don't make decisions. They depend on the brain to do that. Everybody understand? I say, does everybody understand? <laughs> now, what happens? when there's no brain. How many of you have ever seen a chicken get his head cut off? You know that it still functions after that for a minute or two? What is it doing? It, does it act normal? It's acting like it don't have a head anymore. It's flopping around in that yard. It doesn't even have enough sense to know that it's dead. When that head is cut off, that chicken is dead. But don't you tell that body that that body's going to flop around. It might even run around for a little while. Yeah, they do it. And that's what that woman looked like. If you can imagine how silly that looks with a chicken with his, running around with his head cut off, that's how that woman looked when she don't have her head. She's going to be making all kind of bad decisions because there's no brain there. She's thinking with this. And this will get you in trouble all day long. Does everybody understand? She's thinking with emotions. Does everybody understand? Emotions will starve you to death because emotions does what it feels at the time. Does everybody understand? So imagine there's no brain there to tell you, to, to tell you let's get up and fix something to eat. Well, I don't feel like it. Okay, so well, let's starve then. Everybody understand? And ask that woman, she'll ruin every marriage, every relationship she's ever been in. No head. None whatsoever. Didn't want to listen to daddy. Didn't want to listen to uncles. Didn't want to listen to preachers. Every time somebody tried to correct her, they were coming against her. She's that chicken running around in the yard. And she thinks she's like everybody else. The other chickens are looking at her thinking, okay, so you're... You're out the box. Let me get out your way. 
You don't. You can't even see what you're doing. Everybody understand? I'm telling you, we're preaching this from the Bible. For the husband is who? The head of who? <laughs> is that in your Bible? So let's say, for instance, a person can live without a brain, without a head. Are they going to be able to make rational decisions? I don't care how educated you are. Still unrational. Everybody understand? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of who? The church. There's one church. There are a lot of buildings that are open. It don't mean Christ is the head of them. Everybody understand? There's a whole lot of folks gathered together saying that they serve in Christ, but they're not. Even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of who? He keeps that body from flopping around. He tells that body, we need to eat. We need to drink water. We need to get up out of bed and let's do something to exercise our, our muscles. Let's move around. The brain is the one that detects all of that. Everybody understand? Says he is the savior of the body. Your husband is the savior of your body. Does everybody understand? Let me ask you this. What were you doing with that body before you got married? Fornicating? Thinking with your emotions, thinking that you can trap men, thinking that you can, that men think the same way. Let me tell you the mistake a woman make before she come to the Lord. She want a man that's sensitive. Except she won't find one that's sensitive like her. And not that want women. When a woman is not submitted to a man, man, she's going to be naturally drawn to women. Because she wants somebody to think like her. And then when she gets married to a man, that's where the fight begins because he's not emotional enough. He's not sensitive enough to my needs. All he want to do is correct me and talk to me about this. Oh, why do you want to be married to me if all you're doing is seeing what's wrong? Because he is the savior of that body. He's got to see above what you see. Everybody understand? He's the head. You think about all the, the senses that are in the head. All five of them are in that head. The only thing the rest of you can do is feel. The only thing the rest of the body can do outside of the head is touch and feel. The head can see. It can hear. It can smell. It can taste. And it can feel. All of those senses are in that head. The rest of the body is just one sense. This heart here. I feel. I feel. I feel. That's all it can say. The rest of it, everybody understand. From the neck down, can't see. It can't taste. It can't smell. It can't hear. 
The only thing it could do is feel. You see now why you need a husband? See now why you need a head? <laughs> and some of us make the mistake, some of you sisters, you make the mistake of thinking you're smarter than your husband. And the only thing the Lord gave you is feeling. You got one sense to go off of. <laughs> and he got all five, but you're smarter than him. Now let me make this clear. That head need that body. Everybody understand? It need that wife. That husband need that wife. God said himself it's not good for man to be alone. Everybody understand? So let's say the head can survive without the body. What is it going to do? Besides sit there and be mad. I know I'm supposed to be tasting something. But I ain't got no arms, no legs. I see what I want over there, but I can't get to it. Will somebody roll me over there, please? Everybody understand? That head and that body, they need each other. But they better know the part that they play. You ever notice that your head sit at the top of your body? Why did God put your head at the top of your body? To give you the best view. Everybody understand? So if the head is above the rest of the body, even if your body did have eyes, it wouldn't see as good as that head could. It wouldn't hear as good as that head could hear. And even if it had ears, it wouldn't have a brain. It wouldn't be able to process what is hearing because that takes place in the brain. The brain hears the sound. Here's the signals and convert it to what we need to do with that signal. Everybody understand? So, now that we know, everybody see, I'm trying to separate them for you since that's the way we want to live. Head over here, the rest of the body over there. Who is God going to talk to? The one that's got ears. <laughs> everybody understand? He's going to talk to the one that's got ears. Everybody understand? Let's go back to when Abraham was in that tent, was outside of that tent. Who was God talking to then? Abraham. And when Sarah's body heard it, what did she do? Laugh, because that brain could not process what that God was talking about. All it could do was think with emotions. Over Abraham, he ain't as fine as what he used to be. Am I gonna find pleasure in him now? Yeah, that body laughed at God, and the Lord called it out. Why did Sarah laugh? Oh, wait, wait a minute! Oh, I didn't laugh. Called God a lie. Everybody understand? <laughs> 
So verse 24 says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to who? Their own husbands. How? And how? I tell you what, we would all be depressed and suicidal if our brains, if our bodies did not do what our brain said for it to do. Every moving every movement you make is because your brain tells your body to move that way. If I start reading scriptures, what y'all gonna do? When I stop and stop, start talking, what you're gonna do? Your brain tell you to do that. Every decision, every movement that your body makes, your brain tell your body to make that movement. So I'm trying to show you how all that worked together. So when I stop reading scriptures, how do you know to look up? Because you heard me stop reading. If I say verse 24, your eyes naturally will go and look for that verse and then follow along. Why? Because your ears, see your eyes have nothing to do with your ears except they're both connected to the brain. And they work in sync. You were the first computer. Everybody understand? You know, y'all do know that. Your body is the same as a computer. Your brain is the CPU, the central part of the computer. Y'all know that everything works on electronic signals in your body? You were the first computer. And God, in his mercy, he gave that computer a heart to help it to make good decisions. Everybody understand? We're not just all stoic. That's why the Lord said it's not good for man to be alone. Adam would have been killing all them animals. He is all, he'd have been doing all kind of stuff. Just crazy. This whole world would have been at war. Everybody understand? He took Adam, he took Eve from his side. Eve is the one that balanced that caveman in him. Everybody understand? But I tell you what, too much of that and no caveman, everybody's emotional and crying and ain't nobody, ain't nobody putting their foot down about nothing. Children all over the place, just running, running everything. Everybody understand? Those two got to work together. Everybody understand? Wife come home, uh, go in the kids' room. Did you hang Junior up? Uh, like, why is he hanging on the wall? Okay, can we take him down? That's not going to look good when company coming. Okay, sweetheart, we can... We can take them down. <laughs> That's the man. <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> but I tell you what, there need to be some balance. There may be times where he need to hang on that wall like a picture. 
And that wife helped to say, okay, sweetheart, he's been up there for two days already. Can we take him down? <laughs> she brings balance. Everybody understand? And they really balance each other out. Them, uh, that's, that's the reason why when husband and wife are at each other's throat, they're going to go this way, and they're going to both just be on the, com and the children catching the devil because of it. You got emotional mama who's looking out for me, and you got daddy beating me to make up for what mama ain't doing. Children suffer when that wife don't submit. You cause that husband to go overboard, and then you'll go overboard, and all you come up with is confused children who prefer the one with no brain, no rationale. I'm going to let you do what you want to do, even though this world is going to whoop you because of it when you get grown. Everybody understand? All right. Verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives as even as Christ also loved the church. And what did he do? Gave himself for it. Does everybody see that? Let's go in a little bit more detail about that. He gave himself for that church. People have asked me over the years, Brother Bowden, do you believe in aliens? I don't know. I believe in demons. I know they exist. I don't want to get into all of that. I believe in angels. I know they exist. But don't you think that God would, you know, of all the other worlds that's out there in the universe, he might have created some other beings. You know why God kept that from you? Because he wants you to believe you're the only one. If you're not hardly praying to him because there's 7 billion people in the world, what you going to think about 8 trillion out in the universe somewhere, somewhere else? What's, what's going to happen to your prayer life then when you think he ain't got enough time for you and seven billion other people? No, you're the only one. You're, you're the only thing he created. That's what you need to believe. Everybody understand? He gave himself for you. Now, you know, folks all through time have found stuff to accuse God of. What would happen if we knew it was other species out there that had souls that he had to die for? That'd be something else we'd be bitter about. Well, why can't, you know, why couldn't it just be us? He kept that from you. And listen, and when we have a relationship with God, we have to make it personal. God died for me. Everybody understand? I don't know what sin you were doing. I know what I was doing. Your sin wasn't going to send me to hell, so I needed him for myself. So he died for me. That's the way we have to look at it, see. I have a personal relationship with God, and God wants you to have one. And so that's the way you have to treat it. He died for you personally. Everybody understand? 
And if you were the only one in this world over time that ever needed redemption, he'd have still came to this earth and died for you. Now that's the way the husband is supposed to treat the wife. You give yourself for that wife. I'm going to say this again. My wife is my best friend. Outside of Jesus Christ, she's my best friend. Everybody understand? I can promise you my wife trump everybody in this world. Anybody else is a distant second. Ain't, everybody understand? It ain't no woman, no man anywhere in my mind that can outdo her. So I don't struggle with spending time with her. And that's one issue we, she and I ain't never had, spending time with each other. We wouldn't have gotten married if it was that way. You, I, I'd have to be crazy in my mind to marry you and, and can only stand to be around you a few hours a day. There's something wrong with that. And if that's where your marriage is, you need to make it right. Everybody understand? That's a don't, and don't, don't get married if that's the way you are. Don't get married if that's the way you are. Well, you can just stand and be around folks for so long. You don't need to get married. Everybody understand? How in the world you get married to death do you part and can't stand to be around but a few hours a day? You don't need to get married if you need a break. If you need a break and you're already married, you need to fix that marriage. There's something wrong with that marriage if you need a break from it. Could you imagine what the courthouse would look like if every time you needed a break, you had to go down and separate, do a legal separation? You know that's what it is. That's the way God sees it. It's time to grow up, people. You don't, we're not in boyfriend-girlfriend stage anymore. Does everybody understand? You ain't, that's not boyfriend-girl. You're too old for that. I can't, I, don't, I, I can't even fathom old people, 50, 60 years old, talking about boyfriend, my boyfriend, or my girlfriend. Are you crazy? Y'all ain't got that long. <laughs> that's, young, that's young people talk. That's middle school stuff, boyfriend, girlfriend. Folks wanting to play house. Too old for that. Everybody understand? But that's the mentality people take in their marriage. I don't care if you're 20. If you're married, you need to get out of that boyfriend-girlfriend mindset. That's for life. You don't get to take breaks. Because the devil ain't taking none. So everybody see that now? My prayer is that we'll get it. Let's figure out what marriage is. If the husband is the head of the wife, at what point naturally so does your body separate from, your head separate from your body and take a break? Well, you, it, well, it don't need to be that case in your marriage either. You don't need breaks. And I don't mean you don't do, do things out, you know, away from un, uh, one another, but I'm telling you, we better get our minds right. Husbands, don't go to hell behind not loving your wife. If you don't love your wife, that you don't love anybody else. Does everybody understand? You don't, you don't. It's impossible. You don't love God. You don't love anybody else if you don't love that wife. 
Look at what this says here. Verse 25, husbands, do what? Love your wives, even as who? Christ also loved the church and gave himself what? For it. You see that? What is that? He sacrificed. That's how he did it. He sacrificed. He gave up all of his glory. All of his glory and became man, became flesh. You know why he did it? The Bible says so that he could be like us. He could understand where we were coming from, what we felt like when we had to deny sin. He couldn't rightfully die for sin if he didn't understand what it took to reject it. The Bible says that God is not man and he's not tempted with sin. In other words, he's above that. He can't be tempted with sin. Does everybody understand? So he had to become flesh to be able to identify, okay, this is what I'm dying for. The Bible says he was tempted in all uh, manner, just like we are, yet without sin. So, but see what I'm saying? He had to be able to identify, okay, so this is what it feels like. He had to make him put himself in a place to be tempted by the devil. You ever notice that's the first thing that happened to him when he, when he, after he got baptized? He went in the wilderness to be tempted. That was the beginning of his ministry. Let me see what this feels like. Okay, so now I can preach to people properly. Now I can correct them when they need to be corrected. Everybody understand? That temptation is what made him man. Everybody understand? Up until that point, he still had a God mind. Now let me show you what I mean. When he had met and went into that woman in the eighth chapter of the book of John that they had brought to him that was in adultery, God would have said, okay, yeah, the law said stoner, stoner. But before that encounter, he had been tempted and he had to reject it. And then he, he could speak from a place of compassion. He that is among you without sin, let him first cast the stone. Yeah, all y'all, go on home. Woman, where are your accusers? None condemn thee? Okay, well, I don't either. Go and sin no more. Why? Because I understand. I've been tempted. Everybody understand? So if the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, that means he have to be able to identify with her. He have to come from a place of compassion, not just from his caveman brain. He have to love, that, and listen, the love part is what make you have feelings for her, make you understand, okay, I'm not you, and I'm not tempted in that area, but I'm trying to be understanding. My love is what's going to make me understand you and make decisions that's best for both of us. Does everybody understand? Verse 
Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Does everybody see that? Does everybody understand what that's saying there? In other words, when you are connected, husbands, to your wife through love, then you can sanctify her and cleanse her. You can't do it from just your caveman's point of view. It has to be compassion there. It has to be love there. Does everybody understand? Because outside of that, all you are to her is a dictator. Now, let me express to you what makes a dictator a dictator. What, what makes that such a bad word? It's not a bad word. Dictator is what we get our word from the, the word dictionary. Those words are related. Does everybody understand? If somebody take dictation, what does that mean? They are sitting there taking notes while somebody is speaking. So what is a dictator? Somebody that can speak something and other people go out and do what they're telling them to do. But what have made that word such a bad word today is dictators with no compassion. You're not making decisions based off of what's good for us, for the entire people that's under you. It's all about you and what you want. Your own selfish desires. That's what will make a woman back up Said, so, no, I can't follow you. Because all the decisions you make is, is based on what you want. A woman, for her to submit to you, she needs to trust you. Everybody understand? Now I'm telling you, don't none of this work outside of God. This is for folks that's following God with their whole heart. Because I'm telling you, if one little piece of just a little bit of something get out of sync, the whole thing is flopping and going to hell. The whole thing. If the wife perceives my husband don't love me, she don't, he's not doing, you know, I feel like he's making decisions just based on himself and wanting to do what he wants to do, and she back up, even if he's following God with his whole heart, the whole thing's still going to flop. Does everybody understand? If the husband say, my wife ain't submitting to me. She's just doing what she want to do. I'm going to back up and just let her do what she want to do. It's flopping, even if she is submitting. All of this stuff has to work in sync. One thing get out of position, it's going to destroy everything. There's no such thing as a successful marriage as a good marriage if the wife is not submitted to her husband in everything and if the husband don't love his wife as Christ loved the church. If you don't have those two elements and people don't have a relationship with God the way they're supposed to have, it's going to flop. And you may say, well, you know what, Brother Bolden, we've been married for 30 years. If you got children, you're going to see that flop in them. Y'all might have learned to have got enough sense not to divorce. You might have enough sense to figure, well, you know what, you know, we, we've been together this long, we're not going to separate. But it, those children are going to tell the story of that marriage. 
I don't care how long y'all been together. If husband ain't loving wife as Christ loved the church, if wife not submitting to husband as unto the Lord, those children are going to tell the story. Does everybody understand? So you being together for 30 years don't mean a thing in hell. It don't mean a thing if you're not doing it God's way. Does everybody understand? Everything has to be in sync. Don't none of y'all have time to back up. Besides that, it's about your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. Your husband could be Adolf Hitler. If you're not submitted to him, guess who's going to have to answer to God for it? If you knew he was Adolf Hitler before you married him, you shouldn't have married him. Everybody understand? Because what, what does the Bible say? Marriage is honorable in all. Does everybody understand? It is honorable in all. You, everybody understand? Saved or unsaved, if you are married, God honors that marriage. So you don't get to back up and back out because stuff ain't going your way. You, no, you don't get to do that. You're going to have to answer to God for that. Everybody understand? No, you don't get to stop loving your wife because she's not submitted to you as unto the Lord. You're going to have to answer to God for your part. I'm not going to hell behind what somebody else is doing. I'm not going to make everybody understand. Because if I change who I am because of somebody else, then I'm under their spell. They're my God. If I'm doing what I'm doing because of them, that's, what makes, that's what's supposed to make you different. If you're serving God, you need to act like it. I'm not going to change my behavior because of somebody else. I don't care what they're doing. Everybody understand? If my wife decides to cut me off as her head, I'm going to be exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, and when she get done flopping around out in that chicken yard, she'll come back to me. I'm not going to look for another body. I'm not going to try to be friends with somebody else to make up for that. She gonna, after a while, she's going to get tired of running around and not being able to see what she's doing. And when she get done with all of that, her head's going to be right here where she left it. Reading the Bible. Everybody understand? I'm going to stay where I'm supposed to stay. Everybody understand? It says, uh, <clears throat> verse 27, that he might present it to himself. How? A glorious church. Everybody see that? Not having what? Spot or wrinkle. I thought... I was going to get to another part of this message today. So for the women, and we'll just start and then we'll end it if the Lord say the same. For those of us we preach perfection. 
because the Lord tells us to be perfect. Not as anybody else is perfect, but God. Be perfect like him. We know he ain't up sinning. Well, you know, that was talking about sin. That wasn't talking about faults. Does the Lord have any faults? No. God's only pet peeve is sin. Be perfect like him. And there are some women sitting in here today who believe the male species nitpick. That's just nitpicky. God's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. This Bible says that that husband is supposed to present that wife back to himself without spot or wrinkle. That means everything that he sees as wrong, he needs to correct it. Some of you, before you came to church today, you ironed your clothes. Some of you, before you've gone somewhere in public, you put something on and you saw it had a spot, what did you do? Took it off and put something else on. If you've got enough sense to not want to be on display in, per, in public without spot or wrinkle, then who do you think you are to reject somebody that's trying to iron you and wash you? Everybody understand? Some of us, we really, really nitpicky about how we look. Some of you women, you're standing in that mirror, and you might not believe your eyes, so what you'll do? You'll go to your husband. Does this look okay on me? But don't you? I want you to just judge, you know, these clothes. But don't you dare talk about my soul. Leave it alone. Yeah, I know it's dirty. I got some stuff I need to work out. You think you're going to stand before God on that day and not give an account? That you're more concerned about clothes that were going to perish than your soul that's going to live forever somewhere? Most of you women in here, you have gone to a man somewhere that you cared about and asked him how something looked on you. Then you turn right around and reject what he sees concerning your soul and the type of individual you are. You're going to answer to God for that if you don't change. You ought to be more concerned about your soul than your clothes, about your hair. Does everybody understand? God's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. Without spot or wrinkle. No faults, no sin, anywhere. Everybody understand? I feel like we don't believe that. I feel like we got a problem with that. 
Let's go to the 10th chapter of the book of Mark. Let's hold on a second. Let's finish reading verse 27. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be what? Holy. And what? Without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Everybody understand? So when your husband is correcting you, that's his love for you. And what I've done, and women will grow up talking about how they want somebody to love them. No, you don't. You want somebody that's going to cater to your flesh and do what every other man have done in your life. Tell you what you want to hear to get what they want. Everybody understand? Godly men don't do that. I'm going to tell you what's, what's right for you, what you need to hear. Not what you want to hear, what you need to hear. You need to know we're, we're balanced. We can see what's wrong and still love you. Everybody understand? That's the, that's the problem. That's, that's the bad fruit of dating. Everybody understand? That's, I'm telling you, that's what's wrong with dating. A man can spend a year whining and dining you and just treating you like a queen, in your mind, a queen. But as soon as he say something like, I don't, you know, I've been noticing, you, you procrastinate a lot. What is, what is your mind going, okay, yeah, you're not the one for me. This is going to be our last date. And there you are with a whole steak in your mouth that he just bought. Does everybody understand? Yeah, well, you ain't the one for me. I, I'm, I, you know, I knew it was something off. <laughs> I was just wanting to let it play out. Yeah, you off. You left mom and daddy's house in rebellion, and, and can't nobody else tell you anything. I pray that we don't reject this message. I want us all to think about, how did you leave home? Did you leave on good terms? And then you ran right into a marriage, the same way you left home. How did that work out? Everybody understand? No, because mom and daddy was wrong. <laughs> and before you know it, you've been married 20 times, and, and, every, and every last one of them were wrong. All the relationships you've had, you've had to get rid of because everybody was wrong. Except me. I'm not wrong. Everybody else is just, you know, I've got enemies everywhere. Yeah, right here. Everybody understand? That's your biggest enemy. All right, let's go on real briefly to the 10th chapter of the book of Mark. 
So that's the name of this message, Without Spot or Wrinkle. Now, wives, sisters in this ministry, it is your head's job to wash you with the word of God. It's his job to clean you. Does everybody understand? That's his job. The world is full of women, full of women that can't stand their husband, but they think that they'll listen to a man preacher and still go to heaven. Now, let me tell you what. Does everybody understand what I mean when I say that? The world is full of women that don't get along with their husbands. They're they fighting and arguing with him because he's the devil. But they go to church and they're doing everything that preacher, in their mind, doing everything that that preacher's telling them to do. Let me tell you where the deception is because I'm telling you where women will go, they will think, if my, if my husband was like Reverend so-and-so or Pastor so-and-so, then we get along. The only problem is you're not living with Reverend so-and-so. You only got a hymn for one hour a week. Everybody understand? Some of you, you've been around. When I've had to talk to my wife, that's, that's all the time. When, if, if, that, if that body ever scoot to the left and the head ain't going there, get on back over here. Some of you cringe, man, that's, yeah, I'm me all the time. Everybody understand? So ain't no use in thinking, well, Brother Bowling full of the Holy Ghost, Reverend so-and-so full of the Holy Ghost. Your husband is too. You just live with him all the time. <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> we all the devil if you got to live with us. All right, so let's read. Let's read. Um, start reading at verse 17. It says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Everybody see that? And Jesus said unto him, what, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Now, do you want me to share with you really what that's saying in the Greek? In other words, what he's saying is, if you believe that I'm only human, because look at what he called him, good master. He didn't call him Lord. The word master means teacher. And so he came to him like the Lord was just a rabbi and not a savior of a soul. And so he's asking him, why are you called, basically what he's saying is, why are you calling me good if you believe that I'm only a teacher? There's only one that's good, and that's God. So first of all, you need to get rid of the confusion. If all you think I am is a master, then just call me that. But if you think I'm good, and you're coming to me with it, then you have to know that I'm God. Why? Because if you're not coming to me like I'm God, then you're not going to do what I'm telling you to do. Does everybody understand? You can back out of what I'm about to say if you only think that I'm a master or a teacher. 
But if I'm God, you'd have to know in your brain, I just rejected God when I walk away. Everybody see that? Now, this goes back to what we just read in the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Wives, if you believe your husband, if you, if you believe that he's your Lord, that's going to change your behavior. Everybody understand? But if you're more educated than him, you make better decisions, then you get to pick and choose where, where you want to obey and where you don't. Everybody see? All right, so let's go and keep reading. Verse 19, thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, see that? See how you done changed it? Okay, so I'm still not accepting you as God. You, you told me to take the good out of it, and if, and, and if the only one that's good is God, you're not him. You're just a teacher. Now, Everybody see where this goes for the wives? You're just my boyfriend. You're a provider, a protector, you're, but you're not my Lord. If I just look at you as a provider and a protector, then that's what you need to do. We got bills, and you need to make sure I'm protected. I feel safe. But there's no way in the world I'm going to call you Daddy. No way in the world I'm going to call you Lord. No way. Everybody understand? So it's, then it's easy to back up out of that. Everybody's happy as long as everybody's getting what they want. You treat me right, then I do what you say. But when you accept that husband as Lord and you're submitted to him, whatever he say, that's what's going to go. And I mean with a good attitude. Everybody understand? All right, so he says, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. You see that? Now, you see how the Lord was overcoming offense all the time? He, all the time, he was not getting offended. Do you think he didn't catch it just like he told me how he caught it here? How many of you read this story before and you caught what, he, what was going on here? Good master. Okay, master. You know, you're not, you're not good. You're not God's, and if you're claiming that the only one that's good is God, I'm not going to refer to you as God. You're just a master. In other words, you're just a teacher. We'll keep it there so that I can back out later on. So the Lord went down this whole list of things. Don't commit adultery. Don't kill. Don't steal. You know, I, I did all of this. I, okay, I'm good then. But look at what verse 21 says. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Everybody see that? What did it say he do? He loved uh, him. He beheld him. In other, you know what that word means when it says beholding him? What it's talking about? Vision. I got some insight now. I know what you need. Oh, I feel sorry for you. I see where you are spiritually. And I'm going to love you enough to tell you where you are missing it at. You, you have kept all of these things. But I see something that will cause you to lose your soul if I don't address it right now. 
Everybody see. He got the insight. And look at what it says. He loved him. What did love do? It said something. Everybody understand? Love said something. Love saw it. And love said something. And what did it say? One thing you lack. Everybody see that? One thing. My love sees one thing that you lack. Ooh, that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. Well, I got it all right. I got all the rest of it right. It's going to always be something, isn't it, Mr. Husband? You're going to always find something wrong. <laughs> Everybody understand? If he loved you as Christ loved the church, if it's something wrong, he's going to find it. Yeah, don't get mad at him and swing at him with bats. Just go get right. There's your fix. Everybody understand? That was something my wife used to say when we first got married. Well, I just give up. I ain't gonna, just ain't going to never get it right. Well, not with that attitude. You got to have the right attitude first. <laughs> and when you come back with the, you know, from your little pity party, this is still going to be God's word. And if it's still there, I'm going to call it out. I see one, I see something that ain't right. Everybody understand? One thing, everybody see that? You see God, you see how he's, I'm, I'm wanting you to see it. One thing you, this man lacked, one thing. Not ten things, not a hundred things. One, the Lord said, one thing you lack. When this man told him, I've kept all of this from my youth on up. I've observed all of this from my youth up. The Lord didn't say, okay, come on, follow me. He didn't, he, everybody understand. When he had that vision, he wasn't thinking in himself, well, you know what? He lacked one thing, but I'm not going to tell him right now because he can't handle it. That's going to break him. No, let's get it all out on the table right now. You need to know what it takes to follow me. Because if I don't tell you now, you'll get down the road a little bit, and you're going to turn anyway. So let's just get it all, all out on the table. Everybody understand? I said, was the Lord nitpicky? You know why? Because hell ain't. It take all comers. Everybody understand? Anything that's falling short of what we read in this word, it'll take it. Everybody understand? It don't just take adulterers and thieves. It'll take smart alecks. It'll take pride. Everybody understand? Hell is not picky. <laughs> and so God have to be. Everybody see? So don't look at God. Don't look, don't look down on God because he's, he could find that one thing. If that one thing would take you to hell, he's going to tell you about it. Because he knows hell is at fault, not him. 
Everybody understand? Hell take all comers, all of them. I don't care if you worship anything but Jesus Christ, you on your way to hell. And so God has got to make himself clear about it. So look what he says. One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. What did he lack? Compassion and love for mankind. And lack of compassion and love automatically equals selfishness. God could see it in them. You're not going to crucify your flesh for your brothers. It's going to be about you. I see that in you. This is going to cause you to lose your soul. So I'm going to tell you about it. Everybody understand? Without spot or wrinkle. I don't care if you've, if you've ironed the sleeves and every other part of the shirt. If you've missed one part, you've missed it. Without spot or wrinkle. Without blemish. Everybody understand? One thing you lack. Come come here for a second. You got that clip. So, so this is my wife. You see her hair. So what if I take her hair and do this? I took about maybe 20 pieces of hair, put them up in a clip like that. Are you happy with that? Everybody see it. Why are you not happy with it? Because something feel out of place, don't it? <laughs> now, I looked it up this morning. Y'all can look it up if you want. Feel free. The average head has about 100,000 strands of hair in it. 100,000. I just took 20, and she's not comfortable. But what if I say, well, just suck it up? How many of you ever looked in the mirror, you women, you look in the mirror and you see a few, just 20 strands of your hair just out of place? Are you just going to get over and go on? No. You're going to get what they call a fine tooth comb. And you are going to pick every strand. It's even got a little fork on the end of it, just one little thing, just to move one strand at a time. To get everything, you got to get it right. You can go sit down. Everybody understand? I 
can't go out looking like this. Think about that spiritually. Say the same thing for yourself. I can't, I can't be seen like this. Yeah, it's a few strands, but to me it's noticeable. What does the Lord say? One thing, one strand. One thing you lack. One thing. Does everybody understand? You got one hair out of the way. One hair out of place. I see it. And we're going to move it back in place. You can call me nitpicky, call me whatever you want. I'm telling you, if you've ever stood in that mirror and saw one thing out of place on your clothes, in your hair, or whatever, and you got it back right, then you're going to be accountable for, to God for your soul and not being nitpicky about that. Don't you tell God nitpicky. Everybody understand? He got a right to clean his church. He died for it. Everybody understand? And besides that, it's for your, it's for your benefit, not for his, for yours. Everybody understand? Now, you know what the problem is? You know the story of David. His wandering eyes. His wandering eyes. And so we may preach on that. Well, you know, uh, Brother Bolton, I had a, I got an issue with wandering eyes. I, I can't help but look at other women. But you know what those wandering eyes led him? He became a killer. He became a liar because of that one strand he didn't deal with. Now, hair is a funny thing. If you take a balloon and rub it in your head, what is it going to do? That's static electricity. Because you know that we all just build, you can just walk and you build up a static electricity. Your hair just rub it against itself and in a, in a warm climate is going to attract other strands to it. Does everybody understand? So you got the one that's up and out of place, wondering eyes. But this right here, it's got static electricity around it. It's going to attract another strand, adultery. And then if you don't move these two in place, it's going to attract another strand, liar and deceiver. And if you don't deal with these things, it's going to attract another strand. What is that? Killer. Everybody understand? I'm showing you David's life. That's how it is. If you don't let God deal with that one thing, with that strand that's out of place, it's going to move other stuff out of place as well. Does everybody understand? God's nitpicky for a reason. Everybody understand? He's that way for a reason because he wants you to spend an eternity with him. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word that we've heard today, Lord. And we ask, God, that you will help us to line up with what we've heard. Help us, Lord, not to be deceived with where we are and who we are in you. 
Help us, Lord, to get closer to you and not fall by the wayside, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for loving us enough to speak to us, for making your word plain to us, Lord. And God, we ask that you help us not to take these things lightly. Lord, help us to know what that one thing is in our life that may not be pleasing to you. And give us a heart, Lord, to change when we've been corrected. Help us, Lord, not to be offended when we've heard your word. Help us to see it for what it is, Lord, and that's your love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If that's all now, Lord willing, we'll be dismissed and we'll go in the back and discuss what we've heard. All right. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.